0: All right, over in chapter uh, 7 of Matthew, we're going to be looking today at the seven types of prayer. Now, like I told the uh, congregation in the first service, there are many types of prayers. And if I try to go through all of them and get deep into um, research on all of them, we would be here till about 5 o'clock this evening. And I know you all got plans, and I... ...and all that, and I don't want to take from those, so I'm going to keep it very brief. That's why I said it's really good for you to take notes, keep, uh, get these scripture references so you can go home and uh, uh, research it yourself. So Because that's this is a subject that is very vital. Um, the Assemblies of God, which we are a part of, is very good at evangelism, about going out and teaching the Word of God... ...and telling people how important it is to give their life to Christ, but yet... We've been shortfalling and not doing the disciple, not giving our people the tools that they need to go into the spiritual battles uh, because if anyone has been around long enough, you know we are fighting a spiritual battle, and the best weapon that we have is prayer and but we need to know how to use it. It's just like giving an army person uh, uh, a tank and if you if that uh, army personnel has never gotten into to a driver's seat in a tank and given instructions, they wouldn't know how to use it. And that's the same way with the Christian. If we don't teach Christians how to pray and use the weapon that God has given us, what good is it? So we're going to be looking at seven types of prayers today. Starting in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 8, it says, Ask, and it will, sh- it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock at the door, and it will open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Dear and a father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. And I just pray that you would just anoint my lips to be the mouthpiece of you. And that you will anoint these ears to hear your word, and let it begin to bear fruit in our lives. And we thank you and praise you. Amen. Also, over in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That covers two major aspects of our life. We have to be watchful because we got an enemy out there. And that enemy is named Satan. And he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to ruin your life. He wants to ruin your family's life. And we have the weapons. All we have to do is be watchful and be praying. And then we need to be thankful. So it covers both areas, being thankful for what we have and also being watching for what's coming around the bend and being prepared for those. Second Chronicles uh, Chapter 7, verses 14 through 15. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. So just by that scripture alone, it tells us how important that our prayers are. And first off, we have to release our sins. We have to turn from those things. You've got to understand that set of scriptures talking about the believers. We're not talking about the unbelievers at this point. We are talking about the believers. We have to humble ourselves and pray. Because that's our communication line with God. It's just like a marriage. If you don't talk to your spouse, there's going to be friction in the family, isn't it? But if you talk to your spouse and you settle things with your spouse then it runs smoother. The same way with being a believer. If you communicate with God, then your life is going to be a little bit easier. Not meaning that it's going to be a bed of roses. But at least you're having that communication with God and He can help you and He can guide you through life's troubles. But if you're not talking to Him, there's no communication there. There's going to be friction. And that's just the way it is. So we're going to be looking at some uh, types of prayers that we can pray that's going to help grow our spiritual lives in order to get us to the point where we need to be. First off is the adoration prayer. This is a type of prayer of releasing the authority to God, saying, God, you are the Lord of my life. You are in control. And as humans, we don't like that. We don't like giving up control. We want to keep all the control for ourselves. We can handle our own life. We can say what we can do and what we can't do. But that's not the way it is. We have to submit to an authority. And we're either going to submit to the world or we're going to submit to God. And we have to make that decision today. We can't play around. We can't say, okay, this day I'm going to serve God. This day, uh, uh, but tomorrow I'm going to uh, go do what I want to. We have to make a choice. And so, during this type of prayer, it's very simple. We're just saying, God, you have control of my life. And this should be a type of prayer that we pray every day. Is, Lord, you're in control. You have today in your hands. You see better than I do. You just guide me through it. And just truly mean it. God, you are in, in control. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. A lot of people would like to try to say there are many ways to get to heaven. All you have to do is be a good person. You don't have to follow the Bible. You don't have to uh, confess your sins. You can just be a good person and make it to heaven. That is false. Because right there in that scripture, it says, I am the way, the truth and life. And that's Jesus speaking. He is the truth, the way and the life. And so no man can come to the father except through him. So we have to submit that authority and say, you're in control. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, it says, Jesus said to him, you shall love your Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. Submitting, being loving to the one that created us. Because no matter what we have been taught in school, stuff like that, we were created. And we was created to serve God. It, I mean, it's good to know the stuff, to pass the test, to get a degree, but we know the truth. Second type of prayer, Confession prayer this is saying lord i have sin in my life we confess our sins seeking god's mercy admitting we have a need for god unconfessed sins can stand in the way of other prayer when we are in need when we have a situation that's going on in our life and we start praying to god god might say hey i'll help you There's a sin over here we need to get rid of. There may be sin in our life that's blocking the fullness of the blessings that God is wanting to give us. So we have to always remember to pray constantly, Lord, forgive me for my sins. And it's not a bad thing to pray every single day, God, forgive me for my sins. Because I know I'm not perfect. I sin every day. I try not to. Now, my sins ain't what we would call bad sins. But if you get upset with your wife or you get upset with your kids, that's just as bad. you got to understand, sin is sin with God. There's no black or white area. It's right there. Either you're doing what's right or you're not. There's no gray area, you're either walking the line or you're not. And if we, as believers, will say, God, you know, I got a little bit snippy with my kids today. I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have just sat down and said, you know, this is what I need you to do. Believe me, I've been there. I get short with my kids too. But, you know, that's something God's showing me is, There's other ways to handle things. Getting mad at your wife just because she don't want to go out to eat where you want to eat at. And then we can even get into even deeper sin. Smoking, drinking, and partying, and all this other stuff. We got to get it out of our life, folks. If we want to make it to heaven, we got to be pure and clean. Because God's not going to come back for a church with spot or wrinkle. He wants us to be cleansed. And so if we are praying daily, God, forgive me for my sins, for the ones I know I've committed, and maybe even some that we're not even realizing we're committing. God, reveal those things so I can get them under your blood. Then we're staying in the attitude of forgiveness or repentance, actually. And so we want to do that. Over in Romans chapter 3, 23. This is a familiar scripture for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we are born, we are born into sin. From the very first breath we take on this earth, we are born into sin. And we need God to cover us. So we have to start asking God now. Don't don't get me to the point where I'm saying, well, babies need to ask for forgiveness. Babies are babies. But when you get to the age of accountability, when you know what's right and what's wrong, that's when it's time to start praying, God, forgive me. And then you pray that prayer all the way to your dad. Till you take your last breath because that way you know your sins has been covered. A lot of people believe they can come down to these altars one time and just pray one big prayer, God, forgive me, and it's done. I don't believe that way. Because the Bible teaches us to stay in a repentance heart. So I believe if we stay in an attitude and plus I'm not one that I want to walk that fine line saying one prayer is going to forgive me all the eternity and walk up to heaven. And Jesus says, no, you still got sin in your life. I much rather all the way up to my deathbed say, God, forgive me and make sure I'm getting into heaven. I don't want to just get in there by the little skin of my teeth. I want to make sure I get in there. So let's pray for forgiveness each and every day over in. Uh, First John chapter nine, uh, v- chapter one verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Also in Proverbs twenty eight and verse thirteen, it says, "He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy." A lot of times. Uh, You hear people say, well, I can't give my life to Christ because I've got this to deal with. I've got to get this straightened out. I deal with this and I need to get this worked out. Basically, what they're saying is I don't want to come to Christ. Because within ourselves, we cannot overcome those things. But through Christ, we can do all things. So we can overcome the sins that are bound in us. The chains that are on our life through Christ. Those chains can be broken off. And so. Quit trying to do it yourself. Get to the point where you're willing to give control over to God and say, God, forgive me. Cleanse me and he'll have mercy on you. He will clean you up. He will change you. He will make you a new person. And you will have the blessings of God upon your life. Number three. Thanksgiving's prayer. This is just a very. I mean it's very simple. We give thanks to God for all that we do. Or all that he does. Everything we're able to do is because of God. We're able to have a job because he applied a job for us. He's, we're able to have food on our plates. Because he provided a way to have food on our plates. Be thankful for all the small things. Just think about it, all the blessings that you had this morning. How many woke up in a bed this morning? How many, how many of you have air conditioning in your home? How many of you actually had breakfast this morning? Did you walk to uh, church or did you get to ride in a car? I told the uh, in the first service that we as Americans are spoiled rotten. And I believe that. Because we are. We think it's a necessity to have a car. We think it's a necessity to have air conditioning. But the sad truth is there's people all over this world, even right here in Arkansas, that don't have those things. There's people right here in Arkansas that don't even have food to eat. But yet we do. A lot of people say, well, if people just get out and work, then they can have food. It's not always that way. For some people, yes. Some people, it's not. Be thankful. It may not be the best steak in the, in the world sitting on your plate, but it's something. That's something I try to teach my kids all the time. Be thankful. It may not be the best food. It may not be the exact what they want at that time, but it's food. It will nurse your body. It will keep you alive. Be thankful for the small things. Because who's to say that we're better than them and that's the reason why we're at where we're at. The ties could turn. We could be where they're at. We could be the ones without a house. We could be the ones without air conditioning. We could be the ones without a nice safe place to sleep so let's be thankful for what we do have and not always be uptight about what we don't have because I can even think of things I would love to have and I could I could throw me a little pity party and my wife probably would tell you I have uh, done it a few times of things that I really, really would like to have. But I don't. But you know. As much as I would love to have a uh, a nice truck to pull my camper behind. And that's one of my biggest wants right now. Is a nice truck to haul my camper to places. But you know. I have a nice car that took us up to Branson. Gave us a a, a nice ride to go and be able to have a little bit of vacation this past week. You know, I could have been walking. So I'm just thankful for what I do have. First Thessalonians. Chapter five, verse 18, it says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thank God for your family. Thank God for friends that is there to encourage you and lift you up when you need it. Friends that are there to help you in a time of need. Thank God for ministers and uh, just lay people that will encourage you, hold you accountable. Thank you. Thank God for just people that you have in your life that loves you. And then even when you don't feel like you're loved, God loves you and he's wanting to help you. Psalms 107 verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy is endures forever. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Give thanks always for all the things that God or to God the Father in the name of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, before we move on, let's d- just do a recap on our prayers. We got adoration, we're giving God control. We're having confession because we're going to Make sure our, our, our lives are pure and holy before God. And also we have thanksgiving. We're going to say thank you for salvation. We're going to say thank you for what I have. Thank you for where you're bringing me from and where you're bringing me to. Number four, supplication uh, prayers or, or petition prayers. This is making petition or request to God, asking God for help. You know, there's times that we go through life and we don't understand why we're at a certain place in our life or we don't know where the next turn is coming from. As a minister, I've I've experienced this a lot, knowing that my time at a certain church was over and I, I didn't know where else to go. And I'm sure every one of you have felt like that in life. What is my being? What, what am I on this earth to do? What is my purpose in life? And then you, you get an idea of maybe God's want me to go into this field or maybe God is want me to be used in this area. But how do I know it's really what God wants? It's okay to say, okay, God, if this is what you're wanting me to do, show me a sign, show me this deal. You know, there's a man in the Bible by the name of Gideon. He fell into, fell into this because he felt like God was calling him to lead an army to fight the Midianites. Got it right this time. Last time we was going to defeat the what Mennonites. So there's too many ites in the Bible. But anyway, so he felt called to uh, lead an army to go against the Midianites. But he wasn't for sure. He He had the strength in himself to go and do this task. So he put a challenge out there to God. He took a fleece. And if you know what a fleece is, it's basically the wool of a sheep. So he took this fleece and put it on the ground. And he said, God, if this is what you want me to do, in the morning, I want this fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry. He woke up. The fleece was wet. The ground was dry. That wasn't enough for Gideon. So he done it again. He said, okay, this time, God, if this is really what you want me to do, you want me to lead this army in the battle, then I want you to make the fleece dry and the ground wet. When he woke up the next morning, the fleece was dry. The ground was wet he answered what Gideon was wanting. Gideon threw it out there. He wanted to know for for sure this is what God was wanting to do and God met the desires. I even had a similar experience in this myself as I was in ministry. I was serving at a a small church out of McGee, Arkansas as youth pastor. Been there about a year. And within that year, I got married to my lovely bride, Brittany. And... uh, we was starting, starting off. We was brand new and um, everything in marriage. And so we had our beginning uh, marriage fun, as you can pretty much say. Two people trying to live together that never lived together before. It is always interesting. But anyway, we started out in ministry and serving as youth pastors there at McGee First Assembly. And we found out in that June that she was pregnant. And we was expecting our first child. And uh, so we knew a twenty-foot, 28-foot uh, camper was not going to be big enough to house me, myself, and a new baby. And so we started looking at what we was going to do to be able to get out of that camper and into an apartment, a house, or something to begin our family. Well, at the time, I was working for Monticello School District as a bus driver. Also done a little bit of substitute uh, teaching while I was there. And then I was serving as youth pastor. I was working for Coca-Cola and trying to go to school. There was no money left in the budget to even look at an apartment in Monticello. And so we knew there was going to be a change in our lives. We didn't know exactly where. Um, I had two job offers. And they were supposed to be for sure deals. I had a friend of mine that was a close family friend for many years that uh, drove a trash truck in McGee. He said, apply, we can make sure you drive a truck. You got your CDL, we can get you on as a truck driver. And then also I had my transportation director. I was filling in, uh, not only as a bus driver, but filling in at the time as an assistant mechanic. And even the transportation director said, fill out this application, I'm sure we can get you a job full-time since you're already doing the job. So I done it. Got a call back uh, from uh, McGee, and they didn't need a trash truck driver. I was like, but this family friend just said I could get a job. And then the transportation director at Monticello Schools came back to me and said, I can't hire you. I was like, you're the one that told me to put in the application, and you can't hire me? And he sat down with me uh, after that, and he said, you know, I want to hire you. You do a great job, but I have to think long-term for the school district because eventually this uh, this job would go into the transportation director. And he said, Vincent, you're meant more for just working on greasy buses all your life. He knew the calling God put on, uh, put on my life. And so for that reason, he could not hire me. And by this time, I was like, this was supposed to be for sure jobs. That would have made the income for us to grow our family. And so me and Brittany was praying. We was seeking God. We was trying to see where we were supposed to go and didn't have any answers. And one day I was talking to Brother Dane Hall. And if you know who he is, he's the... District Youth Director for the uh, Assemblies of God here in Arkansas. Great man of God. One of my greatest mentors that I've had. He, uh, I was talking to him and, and I, I, I just shared with him. And I was like, Brother Dane, I know there's going to be a change in my life. I don't know where it's coming. I don't know where to go. I've, I've applied for jobs. They've, doors have clon- uh, closed. And we need something. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. And he looked at me and he said... Have you ever heard of a place called Mountain Pine? I was like, where in the world is Mountain Pine? And he said, well, your wife should know exactly where Mountain Pine is. She lived right close to it. And it was a first assembly of God church there in Mountain Pine, a great little small community church outside of Hot Springs. And I said, well, I've never heard of it, but I'll give it a call because by that time I was, I was at the end of my ropes. I didn't know what else to do. I even tried to get on full time with Coca-Cola, and I was already working for him. Couldn't get a full-time position, and so I ch- I just had to trust God. So I called the pastor up. He and uh, he met me down at uh, the campgrounds. I was having one of my Arsum awesome classes, uh, trying to get credentials with the Assemblies of God. So he met, uh, came down. We met. We talked. We had lunch together. Uh, he invited me up to come uh, preach a Wednesday night service for him, and uh, we also sat down and done an interview with the board, and. Uh, We felt good, we felt like that was a great church that we could possibly see ourselves as youth pastoring at. and uh, We left there, uh, and there was two kind of requirements that we we put out there uh, to God if this was going to be the place where he wanted us to be. First off, we had had a certain amount of money to be able to live on. We all know how that is. Also, even with the amount of money that We said we could live on. There was no way for us to pay rent. Any place in Hot Springs area. So we said okay. The church needs to provide us a place to live. If the church can do that. We didn't even tell the church about this. If the church can do that. We will know this is where we need to go. We got a call two weeks later. Saying that the job was ours. If we felt like it was that they was going to give us the amount that we asked for that we needed to live on and provide housing. At that point, we knew we was in the will of God. And that's a good way for us to check ourselves. If we feel like God's calling us into a certain area, maybe he's wanting you to help out with the youth group. Maybe he's wanting you to help out somewhere in the church area. Maybe he's wanting you to... Branch out and start a brand new ministry. You can always just make sure. And just say okay God this is what I need. If this is really you show me a sign. This is a way that we can check ourselves. A lot of people say don't challenge God. And there are certain things you don't challenge God on. But if you are wanting to know if you're in the will of God. It's okay to say God I need this. To prove it. And he will make that happen. Over in Ephesians chapter 1. and verse 15 through 19. Therefore I also. After I heard of your faith. In the Lord Jesus. And your love for all of the saints. Do not cease to give thanks. For you. Making mention of you. In my prayers. That the God of the. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. The father of glory. May give you to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory uh, of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his mighty power? Right there, just in the scripture along, he tells us that he's going to he's going to bless us. He's going to help us. He's going to give us wisdom, knowledge. That's a good thing when you're trying to find out what is my place in this world? What am I to do? It's great to know that he's going to give us that knowledge. Number five, and this is a prayer that A lot of people don't like to do anymore. I don't know, used to. There used to be a lot of prayer warriors, but this is a little bit off nowadays. It's called intercessory prayer. This is where we are praying for someone selfishly. We are lifting up them. It It may be sickness, but the main thing is intercessory prayer is really meant for the lost. This is where we intercede for them. They may not want us to be praying, but we're praying for them. We're seeking that God will get a hold of their lives, change their life, make them a new creation. But we also use it for praying for the sick in the hospital, the people that's on the deathbed that may not come stand around these altars, but we can stand in the gap for them. And we can lay our hands on somebody that's standing in the gap and just intercede. On their behalf. Today's prayer a lot of time is all about me and I. It's not about others. And we got to get back to the realization that we got to take care of others as well. So praying for others. Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 through 20. And again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Also in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the uh, Spirit himself make intercessions, us with groanings which cannot be uttered. A lot of times intercessory prayer, if you're truly being led of the Spirit, you may not always know exactly what you're praying for. All you know is you've got somebody's um, uh, name on your mind or you just feel like you need to pray for something. you may not always understand it, but just start praying. saying Lord, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to lift up this person in prayer. I don't know what they're dealing with, but Lord, you touch. You move in their life. You guide. You direct in whatever situation that's coming up on them. There has been stories and stories that I've heard uh, from missionaries that has come back and has talked at a church. And, you know, people just felt like they need to pray for this missionary, they didn't know why, and when the missionaries come back, you can pinpoint to the exact time when somebody felt like they needed to pray and it was praying for that missionary because they was in a tight spot. And God can use us as intercessory war uh, prayer warriors to pray for other people. We may not even know who they are. We just need to be willing to pray and to intercede for them. Number 6. Affirmation prayers. Basically, this is one of the simplest types of prayer. You're just praying scriptures. You may not know exactly what what to pray or how to pray. Just pray the scriptures. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my provider. Just praying scriptures, just basically affirming what He's already told us in His Word. You can take scriptures, when you know somebody is sick, while you're praying for them, you can pray affirming prayers over them as, Lord, with your stripes we are healed. They need a healing in their body. You are promised healing because of the stripes you took up on your back. Affirm your prayers through Scriptures. And number seven, listening or meditating prayers. Listening is when we open our hearts and our minds to hear from God. A lot of times this takes a lot of patience and quietness. There's not a whole lot of people that likes patience. We're in a society, we've got to have it right now. That's why we got drive through coffee shops. We got to have our coffee and we want it right now. We don't want to wait for it. We have drive through just about any, any kind of place nowadays because it's something about having it right now. And there are times God just wants you to be patient. Because one thing we got to understand God doesn't work on our time schedule, He has His own time schedule. And he has never been late. He's always on time. Even when we think it's late. He's always on time. And meditation is very simply. Thinks deeply about something with total focus. I want to challenge you. During your prayer time every day. Of course. If you are a believer we should be. Praying because that's kind of what we've been talking about. That's our communication line with God to, to kind of get some help. At the end of your prayer time, just open up your Bible. And I know this is kind of old fashioned to pull out a Bible because we have it on our phones. Or, and so, uh, today we don't like to read too much. But just break out your Bible. And just begin to meditate on his words. Totally put all your focus, shut everything out, turn off your cell phones, turn off the TV, and focus on the Word of God. Read it. Don't just skim through it. Literally focus on it. Read it several times. Find just one chapter or one passage of Scripture. Don't have to be a full chapter. And just focus and meditate on that. And when you do that, the, the word of God is going to get into your life and it's going to change your life. And how many knows if we keep on doing the same thing, we're going to get the same answers. We're going to get the same results. But if we want something different in our life, we got to change it up. This would be the great, greatest change you'll ever make is spending time in the word of God, spending time in prayer. Now, every type of prayer that... I was talking about today. You can put this into one prayer. It's not like you have to pray seven times. Within a day. You can take all seven types. And pray it in one prayer. Most people simply just don't know how to pray. And that's the most simplest thing that we can do. Because all we're doing is talking to God. Like he's our best friend. Or he's our spouse. We just need to speak to him. And it's not one of these things that, God, I need your help, you change it, I'm gone. Take time and let him speak to you. One of the requirements when I was youth pastoring there at Mountain Pine First Assembly is that the pastor there, he required us every day, five days a week, to have office hours. And the very first thing we done was had prayer time. And when, I fir- when he f- was first telling me about this, I was like, that's good. I, I, I like that ideal. But I was thinking maybe 30 minutes prayer time. No. With this pastor, there was no little 30 minute prayer. Because he actually put every one of these types of prayer to work in his prayer life every single morning. I mean, he would start from the very beginning. He would start praying and just worshiping and letting God know how much he means to him and that, that he is in control of his life and whatever he wants him to do, then he's willing to do it. Just gave that adoration prayer of, of just saying, God, you're in control. It's not about me. It's not about my wife. It's not about my kids. It's about you. You are going to be the center of my life. And whatever you have, I'm going to do. So right off the bat, he would start his day by saying, you're in control. I might have been in ministry for over 40 years, but you're in control. And then he would go into saying, God, forgive me. I mean, this this man, I, I don't think I ever seen him do anything wrong except for break the speed limit. He was known for having a heavy foot. And you didn't want to dry, ride with him. I think I think Brittany got saved several times riding with him. But. And that, I mean, that's literally as as long as I was with this pastor, that's the only thing I ever seen him do that was wrong was speeding. But every morning, God, forgive me. Cleanse my life. Make me whole. And then he would continue from there and go straight into just thanking God for everything. He thanked him for the car that he drove, thanking for the house, thanking for running water in the house, thanking for everything. If a if a, a water hose busted or a water line busted, thank God that we got the money to fix it. I mean, just he thanked God for everything. Go from, from that praying right into going into just... Saying, God, you see the vision that this church has. If this is what you want to do, give me a sign to make sure I'm on the right track. Going into that supplementing or supplication type of prayer. Saying, you show me your way. If I'm on the right track, you let this happen. If the church is going in the right direction, make sure we are knowing that we're going in the right direction. If we're not, let us change our plan and get on the right track. And then he went into intercessory prayer where we just prayed for every need that came into the church. And I mean, he, it was extensive. He would pray for every single one of them. Didn't care about time. He just prayed for them. And then he started praying the word over them. Lord, we got people that got Alzheimer's. You can fix Alzheimer's. You said by your stripes we are healed. Lord, we got lost people in, the, uh, that, uh, people in the church that has lost loved one. You came to change their life. He used the scriptures to prove and pray over their life. And then he would start listening. He would just get quiet and just listen to what God has for him. And that's where a lot of us miss the boat because we don't take the time to listen what God has for us. We would start prayer at 8 o'clock in the morning. Most of the time, we didn't get out of prayer time until around 11, 1130, almost lunchtime. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, y'all was full-time pastors. That's all y'all had to do. No, there, we had other things we had to do, too. But also, I'm not asking you to pray that long. If you would just take five minutes for every type of prayer that we talked about, and blame me, we could go even more. There's other types of prayers. But if you take five minutes a day for every type of prayer, you would be praying for 35 minutes. And if you would pray for 35 minutes a day, you would see changes in your life. And if you start intercessory prayer, you're going to see changes in other people's life. Because that's where the battle is. The battle is not. Against flesh and bone. It's not against people at work. It's not against your family. The battle is spiritual. And the only weapon we have. To fight the spiritual battle. Is prayer. And allowing the Holy Ghost. To work through us. Every head bowed. Every eyes closed. Dear and father. We just thank you for this day. We thank you for. The word that you have given us Lord. And I just pray right now. That you would just begin to touch. Each heart that's in this room. Let them hear your voice. Hear them, hear, let them hear you calling them into a lifelong relationship with you. We just thank you. Right now, you may be sitting here and you say, Brother Vincent, you know, there are some things in my life that I have not really completely given over to Christ yet. I want to be a believer, I want to be a Christian. But there are some things in my life that I have not given away. You can start today and give those things to Christ. You can practice the first type, one of the types of prayers today, confession, just giving it over to God. And I would be doing you a disservice if I did not give you the opportunity. To make it right with God today. I'm not going to prolong. I'm not going to try to draw it out. But if you feel like there is something in your life. That you need to give over to Christ. To make sure you're going to. If you walk out of this room today. And you're. By whatever happens. You're walking to eternity. That you're going to make it to heaven. If you want to make sure that's going to happen today. if You'll just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you real quick. It won't be time consuming. Or you're not going to sign the dotted line. Or. But if you feel like there's something you need to get off your heart, I want to pray with you. Alrighty, moving on. We all have friends. We all have family that are lost, that doesn't have any hope, but we've got the answer. So I want us to spend a little bit of time this morning or this afternoon actually before we go on. And I want us to practice some of these prayers. I want us to practice and start interceding for people that are lost, interceding for people that are sick in body. I want us to intercede for our country and for our uh, community. Also, we need to be praying for Pastor CJ and Sister Jen as they're finished their vacation and coming back in. That God is gonna give them a stronger anointing than ever before, that's gonna continue to lead this church in the direction that God has for us. Pray for the leaders of this church as we're making plans to go into this building project that it will be God's will. Every decision is God's. Pray for our military personnel. Pray for our police officers, fire departments. Pray for our community to continue to strive and lift God high. Just find a place anywhere in this room and let's just pray.